0: Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. We are now using Linktree. This allows us to connect to all online information about our church and the giving of tithes and offerings, along with our social media platforms, all in one place. When you scan the QR code, uh, and it's located on the on the uh, located on your worship guide, and I don't have one, so forgive me for that. Please, um, uh, w- when you locate the um, uh, the QR code with your phone's uh, phone camera, you get a short link. When clicked, uh, navigate to a to a web page with a list of every link that you would need concerning our church. If you are a guest today, welcome. We ask that you scan the QR code and click the link provided for at TVC HSV. Then click on the menu item for the first time guest. A reminder that our nursery is open today. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offering is an act of worship. You may be given, correction, you may give to the vision and mission of the church by scanning the QR link tree code, which is located on your worship guide, and using the menu items entitled TVC Giving. This will direct you to the link on our webpage. Or you may mail a check to the address 2103 Virginia Boulevard in Huntsville, Alabama, 35811. Or after the service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area by the back of the sanctuary. After our worship service, the Enter the Village classes for for students and adults will meet at 10.50 a.m. until noon In the annex. And the women's ministry meeting uh, for last Sunday was rescheduled for today and it starts immediately after service. June 8th, we will meet at 7 p.m. for corporate worship at the church and via Zoom. The Zoom link will be sent out through FlockNote. On June 12th, we will celebrate communion. And as part of our MOE initiative, our church will participate in the outreach event, Juneteenth Community Cookout on June 18th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the church, organized by Lao Lee. There are various ways uh, to be involved, from handling uh, from handing out flyers, to contributing financially, to setting up and serving, and cleaning up the day of the cookout. Please contact Lau Li for more information. There will be a congregational meeting on June 19th after the worship service for the purpose of discussing the role of women shepherds. Thank you very much.
1: Before we do the song that is on the worship guide, <laughs> just sitting there, and I don't know, maybe it notes that um, chords that Sotir is playing, but this song came to my mind, and uh, I'm just going to sing it. This is the spirit. is There's no Pre planned moment here. There's no slides. Um, but I'm just going to sing this little chorus. And if you know it, feel free to join me. As the deer panteth
2: for the water, so my soul longeth to thee. You desire and i long to worship thee as a
1: call to worship. Join with me where it notes congregation. Crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for thee and hail him as the matchless king. Through all eternity, amen.
3: Are good at your mercy endure it forever Lord you are good at your mercy endure it forever Lord you are good Lord you are good and your mercy endure it forever Lord you are good at your mercy endure it forever people of every nation from every nation.
1: his mercies what endure forever amen you may be seated
4: good morning everybody it's good to see your beautiful faces here this morning Let's just uh, go to the Lord in prayer for a few moments. Father God, we come to you knowing your presence is here among us. We know that you actually inhabit the praises of your people. So as we lift up these songs and these prayers, we know that you are literally here with us that your spirit is among us that it's touching each of us that is drawing each of us towards you and so father i just pray that each of us will yield ourselves to you to that spirit allow us to be drawn into your presence into the very holy of holies before the mercy seat and actually experience the living God here today. Father, we just praise you that you have told us and we believe that you will never leave us or forsake us. Father, we thank you for the righteousness of Christ that you have imputed to us so that we can stand in your presence. Father, we praise you that our sin has been dealt with, nailed to the cross. Father, we thank you that we are no longer your enemies, but we are now sons and daughters of the creator of the universe. No longer beggars, but we actually sit at the table with the king thank you father these things are so hard for us to grasp and so awesome and that your word promises that these things are true father be with us guide us direct us help us to know you and love you more in the name of Jesus amen Our confession of faith comes from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. I'll ask the question and then uh, you can answer from the from the uh, bulletin. How are we made to share in the redemption purchased by Christ? We are made to share in the redemption purchased by Christ by the effective application of it to us by his holy spirit. Amen.
5: Good morning. Our scripture this morning is Romans 7, 1 through 6. Um, For you do not know brothers, for, or do you not know brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she's released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she'll be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, and if she marries another man, she's not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now that we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, So now that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code,
1: will you please stand with me?
5: Good morning. This week uh, we will have corporate prayer here at the church and virtually on Zoom. Uh, The focus of this month's prayer meeting will be praying for God to bring restoration to strained or broken uh, father relationships. With Father's Day coming up, this can be a tough time for many as they may not have fond memories or peaceful relationships with their own fathers. But even more important than just aligning with a cultural holiday is the fact that strained parental relationships can distort our view of our Heavenly Father.
3: So as we pray for
5: restoration in earthly fatherhood relationships, we should also pray that people will experience restoration in their relationship with their Heavenly Father. So please join us this Wednesday at 7 p.m. either here, live and in color, or on Zoom. Thank you.
6: You guys hear me all right good well for those of you who don't know me my name is Marcus Nobles Um, I am the RUF campus pastor for uh, RUF at Alabama A&M and as of this last presbytery I'm now officially the pastoral intern here at the village so amen to that Um, that is another step towards ordination um, which I am working my way through um my family and I came here about a year ago to to start the to restart the ministry of of RUF on the campus of Alabama A and M, and the village has been our home ever since. Um, not only spiritually, but literally, we lived here for for uh, for for about six seven months. Um, and and in that time, the village took us in as one of their own, and we felt like we've been at home ever since. That's such a beautiful, wonderful thing because I don't think people realize that that doesn't happen at every church, right? It doesn't happen at every church that you walk in and you feel like you're at home. Amen. And I can truly say that the village has been a home for me and for my family. So thank you all for that. And thank you for being here this morning. Um, I never take lightly the opportunity that I have to stand here in this place and to deliver God's word to his people. Um, That's a really hefty and heavy responsibility. And again, I don't take it lightly and I enjoy every opportunity that I have to stand here. And to do just that. So, before we dig into the Word, let's take a moment to silently reflect and pray, and then I'll and then I'll pray with with us. And then we'll dig into the Scripture. Amen. Father God, we come to you humbly once again to say thank you. Thank you for being our God. And thank you for allowing us to be your people. Father, we don't take lightly the opportunity that we have to gather together as like-minded believers to worship and to have fellowship with the God who calls us his own, who loves us, who saved us, who paid the price for us, who redeemed us who took our sin and bared it on the cross so that we no longer had to live in guilt and shame. We don't take lightly this opportunity that we have to gather together, unpersecuted, unbound, and free to worship a living and risen Savior. Father, thank you for this blessing and the many blessings that you bestow upon us daily. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. so I've been given this scripture, um, to continue in, um, pastor Alex's, um, exposition on these, uh, unforced rhythms of grace, right? And if you've been here for the past few weeks, we've been digging through this theme of unforced rhythms of grace. And today's sermon title is the rhythm of freedom. And I love that, um, that, Title so much rhythm because as most of you know I'm a musician I'm a drummer and I love rhythm right it's my favorite thing so for 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 him to ask me to preach and then the title be rhythm of freedom I just I, I just think it fits so well um, Pastor Alex has been out this weekend and last week on vacation which is very well needed um, and I'm glad that we have leadership that knows when to rest because. Uh, God does call us to rest as well as he calls us to labor, amen? So if we rest well, we can labor well also. So I'm looking forward for Pastor Alex to be back next week, but I'm also very much looking forward for this opportunity that he has to rest and to rest well. So today we're looking into Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. And again, the title is The Rhythm of Freedom in this theme of unforced rhythms of grace. And in Romans 7, 1 through 6, Uh, Paul is giving us this um, context of how we've been released from the law. Amen. So let's dig into this real quick. Romans chapter seven, verses one through six. Or do you not know, brothers, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she's not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, here's where it gets good. You also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another. Amen. To him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive so that we serve in a new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. This is the word of the Lord. I do believe it's true. The grass may wither, the flowers thereof may fade away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen? So this rhythm, this rhythm of freedom, right? So like I said, I'm a musician, I'm a drummer, I love rhythm, right? The beat, that groove, right? The flow that gets locked in, right? That moment in making music when everything comes together. Us drummers call it being in the pocket right? It's so close that, it, that all of it's syncing together. It's locked in. I love it, right? I've had some experiences and opportunities where I've been able to write music um, for marching bands and for college universities, and there's always this beautiful moment when you're writing music where the idea that you have in your mind finally makes it onto the paper, and then the composition starts to come together, and all of the parts are there, and when you play it, you can hear it, and it all flows together in such a beautiful way that it just locks in, right? And it goes from this concept that's in your mind to this beautiful thing that's written down for other people to also enjoy. And it's such a beautiful, wonderful moment when it all comes together and it's all locked in, right? The same thing happens in performing music. When you're on the stage or even when we're here doing worship, there's that moment when the band all locks in together, right? Where we're no longer individuals each playing an instrument or individuals each singing apart, but we're all coming together and it makes this one grand, beautiful thing that all just locks in. Right? You guys ever experienced that? For a musician, there's there's this moment where it's like it just rinses over you and, and like you're in a totally different place, you're in the zone, you're completely locked in, right? You're in this rhythm, you're in this groove, you're locked in. Right? I've had some other opportunities where I got to conduct music. Um, For years, I I was the the, um, conductor for the pep band at South Alabama, writing music and conducting their uh, basketball band, right? And there would be moments where it would all fall apart and they would need the conductor, right? They would need somebody standing there to help them pull it all back together. But the most beautiful moments was when everybody was on the same page, when the energy in the room was super high, especially at basketball, right? There's this palpable energy And everyone feels it, right? And then there were moments where I could cue up the band and I wouldn't have to do a thing. I could just stand there and just take it all in as the band performed. And they didn't even need me. I was just there. And the sound and the beautifulness of this group of students that were all playing together, 30 or 40 people all together at the same time, creating something that's so beautiful that it just locks you in, right? You can feel it. Anybody seen the Disney movie Soul? Yeah? It's one of my favorites because it's about music, right? But there's this moment in that Disney movie where after the main character dies, right, and then he's fighting trying to get his way back, he realizes that there are moments where he's playing and performing music where he gets in the zone, right? And it's almost otherworldly, like he's teleported somewhere else almost. And the rest of the crowd melts away, and he's in this rhythm. He's in this groove. He's completely locked in to what's happening, right? Here in, here in Romans, Paul gives us some insight on how to get locked in to a rhythm of freedom and how God wants us to live free from the bondage of law, not a lawless life, but a life lived in grace and in the image of our Savior. Amen. The one who bought redemption for his people. Romans seven, one. Or do you not know, brothers, for I'm speaking to those of you who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. So, church, what are we bound to? What in your life are you bound to? What holds you captive? In our everyday lives, what is it that we are bound to? What have we become locked into? Is it our self? Are we locked into selfishness? Are we locked in and bound to self-righteousness? Is it is it our work? Are we locked in and bound to working? Is it sin? Are we locked in and bound to our sin? Like in that movie, Soul, some people get so locked in to, their, to the things of life that they're no longer even present in their life anymore. Hmm. Did you know that you could be so locked in to work that it becomes an idol and it's heavy and you can't break free from it? If you didn't know that, it's true. Amen. I'm speaking personally. At 27 years old, I had to have heart surgery. Do you guys know that? I had worked myself so hard that my heart gave up. I, had, I was so locked into work, and that I thought, really, that if I didn't work hard enough, that I didn't deserve the grace that God gives. And I worked and worked and worked. I worked myself to the bone. To the point that a, 20, that a healthy 27 year old needed heart surgery. And as I laid there on the table, the doctor told me, Marcus, there's no reason for you to be here. You shouldn't be on my table today. What are you doing that has you so bound that your heart is broken? Jesus was speaking to me at that moment. I was so locked into work that I forgot about grace. It can happen easily. We can become so locked into something that we forget about the free gift of grace that God gives. Amen. First one tells us that the law is binding. Right. That we're all bound to something and that the law has a grip on us as long as we live. Don't worry, the story gets better. Verse two. For a married woman is bound to the law, is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she's released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, amen, to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. So how do we break free? How do we get free from our bondage? How do we get free from being locked into these things that hold us down? How do we break free from the bondage that literally can stop our lives? Paul's illustration here shows That when the husband died, the wife was released from the marriage bond and now has the right to marry someone else. That part of the figure must have been in Paul's mind when he wrote that you might belong to another. To him who is raised from the dead. Since the relationship of Christians to Christ is as close and as intimate as that of marriage release from the law must mean union with Christ. Let me say that again. Release from the law must mean union with Christ, the risen one. Amen? Here Paul uses marriage as an analogy to point to a beautiful picture of the gospel. Here we were so bound by our sin because of the fall that the only way for us to be unmarried from law and unmarried from sinfulness is for there to be death. Right? Romans 7, 4, Likewise, my brothers, You have also died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another. So how do we break our bondage due to sin? We can't. We can't do it on our own. We need a savior. How do we break our bondage to the law? We can't. Not on our own. We need a death. How do we break our bondage to work? We can't do it on our own. We need someone, someone to step in and pay the price for us, someone to step in and redeem us, someone to step in and be our savior. And amen for Jesus, who paid the price for us on Calvary and stepped in for us and and decided to be our savior, even when we didn't deserve it. So how do we break the chains of these of this bondage? We can't. We need a savior. And Paul echoes what he's already said here in the previous chapter, Romans 6, verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried before, sorry, sorry, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall surely be united with him in a resurrection like this. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Jesus died to set us free from that bondage. Amen. We must die to sin and become alive in Christ. Therefore, free from the bondage of sin, free from the bondage of law to walk in the newness of life under grace. Amen. What a beautiful unraveling of the finished work of Jesus Christ. What a beautiful way that he writes and leaves this for us, his believers, right now today to know and to be assured that we can break free from the bondage of law and that we can break free from the bondage of sin, not by our own might, but by the death that Jesus already paid. He came and died the death that was required to set us free freed from sin, freed from law, listen to this, so that we can belong to another. (sighs) We don't belong to sin anymore. We don't belong to the law anymore. We don't belong to the self-righteousness that work brings. We belong to another because Jesus died the death that it took for us to be unbound from belonging to that anymore so that now we can belong to him. Amen? Verse 4. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. Here again, Paul echoes what he said in the previous chapter, chapter 6. Verse 10, for the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Key verse here, 614. For sin will have no dominion over you. Let me say that again. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Amen. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, we can present ourselves as righteous. Not because of our own righteousness, but because of the righteousness that is imputed on us by the finished work of Jesus. Amen. And sin will have no dominion over you. I'll say it again so you really catch it. Sin will have no dominion over you. Because you are free from the law and now under grace. Amen. Now then, I'm almost done. Last point. Every good sermon has three points and then I sit down, right? Third point. Now we can bear good fruit, right? Before we were bound to the law, Jesus came and died so that we were no longer married to that, but we could belong to another. And now we can bear good fruit, right? check this. What we are bound to is the fruit that we bear. Let me say that again. What you are bound to is the fruit that you bear. Any of you ever done any, any type of planting, right, and harvesting? And it's funny, when we go to the store and buy apples, none of those apples actually grew from the seed. They were all grafted into something else. Did you know that most apples when they grow from the seed are tough and hard, right? And the apples that are soft and sweet are the ones that are grafted in, that are bound to something else. The fruit that they bear isn't necessarily the root that they came from. But the fruit that they bear is from what they became bound to. And check this. When you are splicing apples together to get a particular type of fruit, you take the branch from one and you bind it to the root of the other. And then it's no longer the root that is producing the fruit, but it's what's bound to it that fruit comes from. (sighs) What are you bound to? What fruit do you bear? If you want to know what you're bound to, look at what fruit you bear. Mm. If you want to know what you're truly bound to, look at the fruit that you produce. Almost done. Two more verses. Romans 7, 5. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. What you're bound to is what fruit you bear. When we were bound to sinfulness, we bore sinfulness. When we were bound to our work, we bore tiredness. When we were bound to just ourselves, we bore self-righteousness. And all of those things lead to death. Again, here, Paul echoes his words in the previous chapter, Romans six twenty-one. But what fruit were you getting at that time from those things of which you are now ashamed? That work and that tiredness, that self and that self-righteousness, that sinfulness that comes from the law. What fruit were you getting at that time from those things of which you are now ashamed for the end of those things is death. 622. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, bound to God. The fruit that you get leads to sanctification. And it's end, eternal life for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. What we are bound to is the fruit that we bear. If we stay bound to our sinfulness, we bear shameful fruit. If we stay bound to work, we, we, we bear tiredness. When we say stay bound to ourself, we bear selfishness and self-righteousness. When we stay bound to our sin, we bear shame. When we stay bound to the law, we bear death. Thank God that the work of justification is already finished. Jesus did that on the cross. Amen. Righteousness has already been bought and paid for on the cross. We are imputed with the righteousness of our Savior. Not that we got it ourselves, but because he bought it for us and then gave it to us freely. Amen. And because of that work, we are released from the law and no longer walk in shame and no longer walk in guilt because of this free gift. God gives we have eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord and now through him we can bear good fruit amen we can bear fruit like we see in Galatians fruit of the spirit fruit like love amen fruit like joy fruit like peace we can bear fruit like patience and kindness And goodness and faithfulness. That's the fruit that we can bear when we're bound to our Savior. That's the fruit that we can bear when we're released from the law and bound to God. Amen? Getting locked into a rhythm of freedom comes only by the Son who sets us free. Free from our sinfulness, free from the law, and bound to God and His righteousness. Free. To bear good fruit. This is the fruit that is found in all things that are good, and all things that are right, and all things that are true. Fruit that leads to sanctification, and in the end, eternal life. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for dying the death that we could not die. Thank you for buying the thing that we could not purchase. The death that set us free from the law and allows us to belong to another. Father, thank you for claiming us, for buying, for buying us out of our sinfulness, for claiming us out of our unrighteousness and imputing that righteousness on us through the finished work of your son, Jesus Christ on the cross. Thank you for being our god thank you for allowing us to be your people father write these words deeply on the tablets of our hearts and as we go forth from this place remind us god that the rhythm that you want for us is freedom and the rhythm that you bought and paid for us is freedom that allows us to bear good fruit And remind us, O God, that we're no longer bound to our sinfulness and we're no longer bound to our shame, but we are grafted in and bound to you and to you alone. Father, send your son Jesus name we pray. Amen.
1: Please stand for our closing hymn.